0: Hey, everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com, or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo.
1: I think it's awesome that we can hear the Word of God in so many different languages uh, because our our God is a God not just of this local area or our nation, but a God of all nations. And his good news is available for all peoples who will turn to him. And so uh, one of the things that we said when we were doing this was, wouldn't it be neat if we got to hear the message in all different languages? And so just, just uh, something fun that we're trying to do. For those That are here today, watching online. Welcome. We're glad you're joining with us. I talked to somebody uh, just yesterday from Texas that said that he watches online and got folks from uh, Munford, Tennessee, Ohio, Central Asia. Welcome. We're glad you watch with us. We hope you'll find a local body because we're better together. We're better when we're serving together. We're doing things together. Yesterday, we had a chance to serve at Lighthouse Christian Camp. There are a lot of folks from the river came out, gave away over uh, over 400 gifts, probably closer to about 3,000 gifts to over 400 kids from all over the upper Cumberland and Nashville as well. And got a chance to love on them, got a chance for every one of them to hear the Christmas story according to God's word of the Christmas story, many for the first time ever, and got a chance to love them in the name of Jesus. So for those that gave gifts, thank you, thank you. For participating, it truly was an amazing thing, and it's also very humbling. Uh, I heard the story of one young boy that had went through, and they mainly buy for others, but they can also get one gift for themselves. And when they asked what gift he wanted wrapped, he, he picked this specific gift. And somebody asked him, said, so why do you want that gift wrapped? He said, well, that's, that's going to be for me. I said, well, why did you pick your gift to be wrapped? He said, because I've never had one before. And you hear that, and it's like you, we, we somehow separate from our mind that that really doesn't happen, but it really does. And that's why Christ has called us. That's why he came into the world. That's why he's born in a stable, so that he could connect with anybody, no matter what our background is. And we get a chance to be his hands and feet as we serve together, uh, as we walk along this journey together, this journey of faith. Now, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull out the Hebrews Uh, We're going to look at Hebrews 11, which was just read for us, so I'm not going to reread it. I'm just going to touch on it when we get there, but we're going to talk about faith today. Today, we're going through the Advent calendar. We're doing faith, and I'm going to suggest to you guys that you exhibit faith ways every day you don't even think about. How many of you went to a stop sign today, and you assumed the person was going to stop that was coming the other direction that had a stop sign? Did you have faith in somebody you never met that they were actually going to stop at that stop sign and not ram into you, right? You did, didn't you? And how many of you perhaps recently have gotten sick and showed faith in our medical field? Maybe it was on the weekend and you had to go to one of those emergency uh, help centers that are so great to have through the night, right? But my guess is if you went there, you didn't know the doctor that met with you but you had faith that when he diagnosed you, that he was correct, and then he wrote something on a piece of paper that you couldn't read, but you had faith that somebody could interpret it, right? And then you took that interpretation to somebody called a pharmacist, that you probably didn't know either, that gave you counsel on what you should take, and then they prescribed something with a lot of Z's, Y's, and X's in the name that you looked at and you probably didn't know either. And then you began taking those like three times a day, having faith, you would get better, right? When you came in today, how many of you, before you sat your bum on that seat, checked it to make sure it wouldn't collapse? Anybody? I didn't, I didn't check the maximum weight allowance for the seat, but I did sit in a camping chair one time that had those old ribbons. Y'all remember those aluminum chairs that had those ribbons that would begin to fray over time? I sat in one of those one time, my bum went straight to the ground. Anybody else get amen on that? All right, you're not gonna admit it. All right, you're lying through your teeth, you dogs. Anyway, I, I fell to the ground one of those cheap old, old chairs. From now on, I check those little cheap aluminum chairs whatever I sit in to make sure they're stable, right? But I have faith in these chairs. So we demonstrate faith every day in our lives in a multitude of different ways. So when it says that we have to have faith to please God, we have to have faith to walk out with God, it's not something just just limited to faith in God. We have to have faith in multitude of things. But I would say to you today that our faith in God is the most important element that we walk out each and every day. And Advent is all about faith. Uh, Let's just read verse 1 and 2 in Hebrews 11. It says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So the first thing on your listening guide there is that faith is believing in what we cannot see. If you can see it and touch it and inspect it, once you inspect that chair, once you test it, once you jump up and down on it, it's no longer an act of faith when you sit on it. It's proven, right? But God has never been seen by man. And so we have to take this leap of faith to follow, to believe, to understand that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. So let's go Lord in prayer and ask God to speak to us. Lord, you know my heart today, God, I so want to see all of us grow in our faith today. And Lord, for some, there are some big walls that they've got up, walls of brokenness in their life, walls of doubt, walls uh, of fear, walls of past sins that are causing them to stumble and, and doubt. Lord, I pray that today your Holy Spirit would replace doubt with faith, fear with faith, hurt with, with healing god and we would see a, some mountains move today in in the name of jesus amen all right so the first thing i want you to see is that faith is believing in what we cannot see and i'm just going to pick some people that hopefully if you've read the christmas story you've heard the christmas story some people that you may have heard of so start with is mary the mother of Jesus. She's a young girl. Most people believe she was probably in her teenage years. She was still unwed. And she was betrothed to be married to a man named Joseph. An angel comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Now, ladies, how many of you would that take you a leap of faith to go, okay, God, pick me? Right? And then, guys, picture yourself being Joseph. Your girlfriend or fiance comes to you and says, honey, I'm pregnant, but it's okay, it's not mine, it's the Lord's, right? Picture yourself in that moment trying to have faith enough in your wife to believe she's telling you the truth and then having an angel come to you and saying, "No, she's telling the truth, Joseph, this really is my kid and I want you to raise him, I want you to be the adopted dad and oh, by the way, he's gonna be the savior of the world. No pressure, Joseph, at all, Right? And then you take into account, you got uh, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, who she already had her AARP card. And God comes to her and says, you're gonna have a baby. And then God tells Zachariah, and Zachariah's like, it ain't gonna happen, Lord. She is old. And Lord says, okay, then Zachariah, I'm not gonna let you talk for six months. And he's like, okay. So Zachariah goes uh, to where he can't speak for six months. And then you take Anna and Simeon, two people who have labored for the Lord for years, waiting on the Messiah, and they get to see it happen. They get to meet Jesus, and they go, finally, things have come to pass. Now, is that not a lot of faith? Almost so much faith that you and I might think that can't be us, but these were normal, everyday people. These were normal people living their lives that God invited to take a leap of faith and follow him. And so I I want you to know that faith is believing in what you can't see. If it's a leap of faith, it's because you can't see it, right? And that's what this journey is with God, it's walking with God, trusting him. If God speaks to your heart about adoption, it's a leap of faith to believe that okay God, you're gonna make this work. If God speaks to your heart about marrying somebody, it's a leap of faith to believe okay God, you're gonna bring me the right person. If God is speaking to your heart about changing careers at the age of 50, it's a leap of faith. If God speaks to your heart about going and being, as we studied a couple of weeks ago, on mission with God overseas, it's a leap of faith to sell everything you have, pack up and move. Faith is what we can't see. It's taking that step in what we can't see. Now, all these people demonstrated their faith for us and the whole christmas story that we read about we celebrate is all about people taking steps of faith one little boy uh, was asked by his mom after a christmas sunday service he had gone to sunday school she had gone to to church and he was uh coming out she said hey did you hear the christmas story today He said, I sure did. She said, isn't it amazing what God did and and how he used Jesus to conquer the world? He said, it was. She said, well, what did they tell you about Jesus? He said, oh, you're right, mom. He conquered the world. It was." He sent his army, his navy, his air force, the Marines, and and they all came in with battleships and tanks and and took over the world. And it says that every knee will bow and every king will will kneel before, before Jesus because he's got all that power. His mom was aghast and she said, that's what your Sunday school teacher told you? How Jesus conquered the world? He said, oh no, but you'll never believe what she said. (laughs) Think about it. It's a leap of faith to believe that God in his love for us didn't come down and force us to worship. Didn't come down and put his thumb on us and say you will or else. But instead he sent his one and only son into this world that we might experience what true love is. A forgiveness, a mercy that no matter what we've walked through in life, he's willing to forgive when we confess. A love that is demonstrated by him walking it out in the flesh and Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for for they know not what they do. That's the kind of love that's demonstrated in the Christmas message. That's what we're learning about as we learn about this walk of faith. It may be hard to believe. It may be hard to understand. But number two, second point is worshiping and believing in God is a leap of faith. It takes that leap of faith to not just believe but to also worship. They read earlier about this faith, verse 3. By faith we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we will now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed the approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So, it's a leap of faith to even believe that there is a God, that he is the creator of the world. But it's not as big a leap of faith as you might think. Uh, When I was going through school and science class and learning about evolution, the one thing that kept bugging me was in the theory of evolution, they talk about the gases coming together and over billions of years coming together. But they never could answer the question, where did the gases come from? There's a whole lot of matter on this earth. There's a whole lot of protons, neutrons, electrons. There's a whole lot of matter. Where did it come from to begin with? There are over a billion stars out there Did they all just happen to poof into space at the same time? Where did the matter for the stars come from? The sun that is infinitely larger than the earth is a small star compared to all the stars that are out there. That's a lot of matter. Where did it come from? Well, it is a leap of faith to believe that God created. But when you consider the leap of faith it would take to believe that it just has always been, and it was never created, I think that's a bigger leap of faith because now in our lifetime, since history has begun and we've been recording history, no more life, no more matter can be created, only transferred, right? And so it is a leap of faith, but it's not really a blind leap of faith to believe that God created It's faith that God created, as he said he did. And we take that leap of faith. Now, I think the first step oftentimes to to following Christ is that leap of faith that there's a creator, that God really did create. And when we take that step, then the next step is to ask, is Jesus? Is he really who he said he is? The Magi believe so, the wise men, as we look at their testimony... You can look at uh, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, if you want to jump there for just a minute. says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern land arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Let's just pause there. That's all I need. These wise men came from the east. Where is the east? Well, if you look at uh, multiple passages in the Bible, uh, most scholars believe that it was Northern Arabia, Syria, or Mesopotamia. Uh, because in Genesis, Numbers, Isaiah, it refers to those areas as the east. So how far is that? Between 400 and 700 miles, depending on where in the east. So these wise men traveled for what would have been the equivalent of about one to two months following a star in the sky from prophecies they had heard about to worship a king that they knew not who it would be. And it wasn't just them, because you don't travel with gold, frankincense, and myrrh allowed at least a couple of bodyguards traveling along with you in a land without police, right? Most likely, they had an entourage of camels, You're traveling for two months, you gotta carry a lot of money and a lot of goods to get there and get there and, and come back at the same time. And so they're all traveling together going to worship and believe in this Messiah. It's a great example of faith from them and that we, too, can live up to. Well, third thing is that faith is required to please God. Not just as faith, what we can't see, but we have to take a step into. It's actually required to please God. Verse 5 and 6 in Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Enoch was taken into heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. It is impossible to please God without faith. For anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we need to have faith. We must have faith to please God. It's not enough just that we believe that there's a God. We must have faith in his message. We must have faith that when he's leading us, we can trust him you got to have faith to be able to share your story. you got to have faith to testify to what God's done. I've got three folks that are coming up now. Y'all come on up, and they're going to share their story. They're going to share their testimony as to what God has done in their life. Now, I've got to tell you, this is a sensitive subject, and uh, to listen with with open hearts, because each one of these folks are going to share about how God has given them healing after a time of abortion or supporting abortion. Uh, Each one of these guys are coming from a ministry called Deeper Still, a ministry its one of our partner ministries, and I've invited them to share their testimony as to what God's done. So um, April, we're going to start with you. Is that right?
0: Yes, we're starting with me this morning.
1: Okay, and uh, April is the wife of of John Phillips, who planted the river Sparta for us. And well, I mean, obviously they did it together. You're the brains, he's the bronze, I know.
0: Sure, he's not here to refute that, so yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, I I really want to say to each of you, I'm thankful. Thankful that you're willing to share. And uh, April, we'll start with you. You just share what God's done, okay?
0: All right. Well, like Steve said, my name's April Phillips, and before I tell you about my abortion story, I want to tell you about nine-year-old April. At nine years old, I gave my heart to Jesus at a puppet show. God can use anything, and I knew my life was transformed that day. I knew that I was different. How different can you be at nine? Only the Lord knows, but I knew my heart was changed, and that I had given it to Jesus. At 12, by 12, I knew I had a call on my life. I knew I would be in his service. I didn't know what that looked like. You think foreign missions at 12, you think? traipsing through the jungle. I didn't know it would be in Sparta, okay.
1: <laughs> but, jungle, but hey, Sparta I'm just I didn't know,
0: but I knew that I would be in his service forever. By 17, I had let go of that kernel of faith, That the Lord had given me at 12 and I was living my life my way very recklessly and by 18 I was pregnant terrified and I really didn't have anyone speaking life into me and I made an abortion decision now I grew up in a church attending home but not a Jesus following home and there is a difference parents so what I want you to know today is your dumbest mistake does not override God's call on your life. My dumbest mistake did not override God's call on my life. It took me down a little different path, but he still got me where he wanted me to be. I believed the lies of the enemy instead of having faith in what God had called me to. I knew I was forgiven, so I thought I was fine and okay. But I really wasn't fine and okay
1: now when did you say you knew you were forgiven?
0: I knew I was forgiven because that's what what Jesus tells us in his word. Mm-hmm. if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Mm-hmm. so I knew that, but there's another step in that you have to take and the repentance and the and just crying out to him. And mm-hmm. you can't always do that on your own. That's why Deeper Still is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it takes that next extra step. So, fast forward to 22, I'm still reckless and crazy. And that's where I meet my husband, John. And that is a whole other testimony for another day. <clears throat> but and by the time I was 30, I went from just believing. Jesus, believing, knowing who God was, to Christ following. Because I got a postcard in the mail about a little church that was starting up at Cane Creek Elementary School. So John and I started going, and we quickly went from just sitting on the sidelines to plugging in faithfully and doing what the Lord wanted us to do. We, came, we became a part of this body and plugged in and faithfully served. I would coordinate, oversee, do anything, but I would not teach the children and I don't think I realized that at the time. God has taught me that. While I was there, I met a dear friend named Lori Judd. And she is on the Deeper soul team. At the time, we were in life group together. Our boys were the same age. They played together. They did. We did lots of stuff together. And neither of us, we both alluded to our big, deep, dark secret. But we never shared. And I can remember a time in life group where the Lord's like, you need to talk to her. And I'm like, la, 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 no. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I didn't. So... We just kept trucking on. In 2007, we finished that part of the building. And that next Sunday, we went to help plant a church in Baxter Crossroads with Rick and Becky Burnett. So we went there, and about a year and a half in, Rick and Becky come to me, and they say, we want you to be the children's minister. I said, "Uh, we're out of here. (laughs) Pretty much, And very shortly after, I was terrified of that call that God had put on my life. We quickly came back here. I came on staff. John came on staff. Life is good. It's going great. Everything's fine. We're keeping our deep, dark secret. We're not telling anything to anybody. Lori and I are keeping our relationship on the surface, and I'm hiding the biggest secret of my life, from my dear friend Melissa, <laughs> from you, nobody knew. Nobody knew, and I was fine, and everything was okay because I believed the lies of the enemy. So, in 2015, like Steve said, we went to plan a church. We we got this part of the building finished. There's a conspiracy here. <laughs> <laughs> And Tim and Lisa Mackey graciously agreed to go be part of our core team. And on that Sunday, Lisa had given her testimony here. And I slipped back to her in the hallway and said, my story is your story, but I really don't tell anybody. So she and John conspired to get me to deeper still because I was fine. I really thought I was. But I didn't realize that forgiveness isn't, It's enough for Jesus, but we need more. We need more. Jesus tells us in his word that I've come to give you life and life abundant, not life mediocre, not life just good enough, but life abundant. So I'm so thankful for Deeper Still because that's what it does. It gives you life abundant. You're truly free to live out the call that God put on your life. My dumb mistake didn't override what God called me to do. And it doesn't override what God called you to do. Now I work with the kids every Sunday. And I love it. Not just because I have to, because we're a church plant, (laughs) but because I love it. Because it gives me joy and passion teaching them about their Savior. So if you have an abortion in your past, I pray that you have the faith To believe God's promises are true. They're true for each of you. And we can help you at Deeper Still.
1: Good job. All right. Brother Clyde, you want to share your story with us? Uh,
2: Yes, yes. Uh, My name is Clyde. Um, I may know some of you out here. And um, I am from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, uh, I'm here on faith. Trust me, <laughs> and led by the Holy Spirit, truly, to be here. Um, I just want to uh, share my story with you. A little close. No, um, there you go. There you go. <clears throat> before my retreat at Deeper Still, I had taken, I had not taken responsibility for our abortion. The reason why I say. Our abortion is because I always blamed the young lady uh, I was dating at the time. Uh, I I couldn't say the word abortion uh, of the embarrassment and shame of it. Uh, Now, of course, as a man, I couldn't feel the physical part of it, but it did affect me emotionally. Um, To give you a better understanding of my story, um, I didn't know about the abortion until weeks after it was done. So that that really hit me to the core. Um, and for that reason, I blamed her for doing it, not me. <clears throat> the day she told me about, about it, she said that I was that it was her body, not mine, and that I had no say-so on the matter at all. But again, at my retreat, the Lord allowed me to see my role in our abortion. You see, we never used protection and conceived a child out of wedlock. So right from the beginning, I too was a part of the abortion. Of our child. <clears throat> I didn't understand why she would do something like that without talking to me first and to give our child a chance to live. I carried the loss of my child with me for years. <clears throat> and I know it played a big part in two failed marriages my relationship, my family, and some of my friends. But I'm here to tell you something. The Holy Spirit was with me every step of the way of of my retreat and allowed me to mourn for my child and forgive as the Lord would. Through the grace of God, I stand here today today With healed wounds, eight beautiful children, eight grandkids, because I said yes to life and can't wait to see what's next. Uh, This is to all the men out there, the Heavenly Father wants us to take our place. As husbands, fathers, sons, brothers, friends, protectors, and providers. He also wants us to to have boldness, honesty, transparency, ownership, and vulnerability. So again, I say to the men out there, take your place. Um, and, And be strong and know that you can be forgiven no matter what. And again, I've been on my own since I was 16, living reckless. I'm 56 now. I have a beautiful wife, strong relationship, getting more in contact with my children as well. And again, God is good, y'all. He really is. And I'm also a part of Deepest Still as well. Amen.
3: Hi, I'm Sandy. Um, So, in the mid-1970s, I was a teenager, and I found myself pregnant. I wasn't married. I was in a relationship. Um, It just wasn't a safe relationship to bring a baby. They had just passed a law that said it was okay to abort. So, the government said it was okay to do this. My mom told me, this is okay. This is the best thing for you to do is to go ahead and get rid of this child. And so my mom took me and the government helped pay for it. And I got rid of, uh, it wasn't a baby. It was a situation. So I went on with my life. It was done. It was over with. It was just a procedure. And if you fast forward to the mid 1980s, I moved to Cookville, and Jesus was here, <laughs> and He found me, and I found Him, and my life was radically changed. And I've never gotten over it. I don't ever want to get over it. Uh, he did amazing things in my life, but I had a lot to clean up. So it took Him a little while to bring this abortion back around to me. But once He did, I asked for forgiveness, and just like April said, I was forgiven. Because that's what the Father does. He is good and he forgives us of our sins. I began serving in the church um, where I was at. Uh, I eventually came over here um, and I was actually in John and April's life group. And um, I don't think we ever really talked about it. We never discussed it because, you know, there's just a lot of shame to the abortion, which makes you wonder if there's so much shame, uh, why did I think I was okay? <laughs> but I did. I thought I was fine. Me and God had it worked out. I'd asked for forgiveness. I knew he had forgiven me. And so I was good. I didn't have to talk about it. Um, I don't know how long it was. It was a little while. And somehow you and I talked about it, and then I said, I told you. I told April that I had had an abortion, and uh, it's so funny. Lisa and Tim were in our Bible study group for just a little while before they left and went to the, the plant uh, over in Sparta. Uh, April had asked me two or three times, I think you need to go to this Deeper Still conference. And I said, oh, I'm good. I mean, God, we've got this. We're fine. It's all good. Um, I, I don't think I need to go. As she kept on, actually, I made the appointment to go more than once, and I finally actually fulfilled and went. Uh, so once I went, it was amazing. I, I want you to know it's amazing. You get healing that you you don't even realize that you need. But the thing that I got the most from my retreat when I went was uh, I was pregnant. Uh, by the guy I was in the relationship with, I later married him. But I never told him I'd had an abortion. He never knew. And he had passed away at this time. Um, I had never forgiven him for not allowing me a safe place to have a child. And I had to do that. And in the process of doing that, God showed me that this ministry is not just about women. This ministry is about men because you see when my husband passed away, he stepped through some pearly gates and he walked on the streets of gold and there was a little girl there. He didn't know anything about that came up and called him daddy. So it is about the men. They are responsible in this. Also, it, it was, it's part of them that made that child. So deeper still, will reach places that you don't expect it to reach because it truly is the name. It's deeper still, and God's got so much for us in such abundance if we just let him give it to us.
1: Before you pass that on, I, I want to ask you a question because I, I think it's part of the challenge we have in our world today is there's two very loud voices. Are. One voice is saying, it's just a procedure it's just a blob of tissue it's it, it, it's this procedure doesn't hurt a woman it doesn't affect you emotionally and, and you kind of said that when that was your mindset and what you were being told yes and then there's uh perspective no this is a child that God has given you that God has created inside of you it is a gift and to to give birth is an honor yes How, how have you reconciled that since then?
3: Oh wow! Well, ask me a hard question, Steve. Uh. <laughs> what I've done is I I know that um, I I do know what I do realize what I have done, but I also again I know God's forgiven me. But I, I help serve on the deeper still team, and if there's anybody that ever has a question. Uh, or anything, I will be happy to help you with it, but I just, I know that God has that child waiting for me. That child is going to be there. Just, it's the same for my husband. I'll walk, I'll walk through those gates, and I will see that little girl, because I know it was a little girl. He showed me that, and deeper still, it was a little girl, and I know he's going to, he's going to have her there waiting for me.
1: So, Lisa, you, uh, you, you are leading people in this journey, which is, I'm sure, every time a very emotionally exhausting, yeah. but very spiritually powerful experience. Uh, as you see people going through the weekend and being, for many of them, telling somebody for the first time and being transparent and voicing that, how do you see Christ transforming them in the the enemy, Satan, being defeated in their lives. It's pretty incredible to see,
4: actually, Steve. We see um, people walking in um, looking just shell-shocked. They're slunched over. They, they look like the years of the anxiety that they've been carrying, to be quite honest with you. Um, but through the weekend, the Lord just meets with them in a powerful way. And, and you know it's the Lord because we only have this much time with them. So that they to know their stories, but the Lord knows from beginning to end. So He ministers to them in a way throughout the weekend, and by the end of the weekend, they physically look different, and it blows our minds every time. Um, but it's amazing, and only the Lord can do that.
1: Okay, can we give it up and thank him for coming out? Steve, today? can
4: I just say one thing real
1: real, real quick? Okay,
4: um, we have our weekend retreats are free and confidential. Um, so we just want you to know we, that's just so that um, nobody has a reason why they can't attend. Our next retreat is April 8th through the 10th. All the information is in your bulletin. You can sign up online to make it easy.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. Do you think that took a leap of faith to get up here and share that story? Here's what I want you to know. The Bible is full of messed up people. And the Bible doesn't candy coat it. None of us want to get a video and play back our biggest failures. Am I right? And yet we've all got them. And what the devil tries to tell us is that we should walk around feeling shameful, defeated, and unworthy of God's love. And on one hand, where we have chosen to sin in our past, there is that conviction that is from God, but it is not so that it brings shame, it is so that it brings repentance And freedom, that is the difference. That The longer I walk by faith with Jesus, I see so far the east from the west. Over here, you have the devil trying to beat you down with all the lies of your past and tell you that is who you are and it's a lie from hell. Over here, you have the Lord saying, yes, you have sinned, my child, but I want to forgive you. And you've got to turn away from that that you might be free. Why do we preach and teach sin as sin? Because it strangles us and keeps us from the joy and the freedom that God wants us to have. The world wants us to pretend like nothing's a sin anymore. They wanted to sweep everything under the rug and say, oh, abortion's a choice. Yes, it's a choice. It's a sinful choice that destroys children and destroys moms and destroys dads. And without repentance, there's no forgiveness and there's no freedom. But then the devil wants to keep you defeated and say, well, that's not good enough. Whether it be, in my case, sins that I committed, Or in your case, sins that you committed, the devil wants to keep you thinking that's who you are and it's a lie. The Lord wants to forgive you, redeem you, and give you the courage to have faith, to stand in front of 500 people and testify to the glory of Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the Savior coming to redeem us from our past, set us free in forgiveness from our sin, and build a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's what we want to invite you to today. Stand with me if you would. Today we want to give you a chance to take a step of faith. It is a leap of faith, no matter where you're coming from, to believe in God. It's a leap of faith to confess Christ Jesus as your Savior. It's a leap of faith to turn away from your sin and turn to Christ. It's a leap of faith to say, God, I'm all in. But that's what we're asking you to do today. There's got to be some place in your life that you take that leap of faith. And so if you're here today and you have never taken that leap of faith, we want to challenge you to come forward today and say, God, I want to be all in. It may be that you're here today and what what they share today pierced your heart and you want to talk to somebody today. Maybe men, maybe you paid for that abortion. Maybe you, as was Clyde, it was your child Maybe you need to talk to somebody about that. The the team will be in the prayer room in the back. Feel free during this time to slip out and go talk with someone. Let them hear your story. Maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you need more of a, a quiet way of dealing with it. We have the blue cards, the decision cards. You can fill that out. Like to talk to somebody. You can go online. Maybe you have someone that's been through this and it's keeping them defeated. You can go out in the hallway and talk to somebody, find out about the retreat. Everybody I've talked to that's been through the Deeper Steel retreat has come back a different person with a newfound joy in their forgiveness. It's not an opportunity to beat you down. See, that's what the devil lies. He said, He tries to tell you that if you confess your sin, that God's just going to be ashamed of you. God knows of your sin, people. He knows what you and I have already done. He is waiting for us to run to him and surrender all and confess it instead of trying to pretend it doesn't exist. On the side to my left, your right, are some prayer kneelers. Maybe you just need to come and pray for somebody that you love. Maybe you just need to come and just call out their name before the Lord. You know what they've been through and they're still bound in that bondage. Or maybe you just need to come and and talk to one of our pastors and uh, talk to them about where you're at in your life. Maybe you're just going, man, I just need to talk to somebody and have someone pray with me about my struggle. You can come to the right. And then I'm going to be down here in the middle. If you've never taken a leap of faith and said to God, God, I'm all in, I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you today to come and share that with me. Let me pray with you and talk with you about surrendering your life 100% to Jesus Christ. As we uh, sing, you be praying, be focusing, and if God says go, don't worry about the person next to you. Just take that leap of faith and step forward.
0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening today. If you were encouraged by this podcast, then we wanna encourage you to like, follow, rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit the rivercc.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church podcast.